Hey, before we start this episode, we wanted to tell you about our upcoming virtual 5K. Are you sick of being cooped up inside for the past year? How about getting outside and also doing something to support Israel and the Jewish people? Join us for our Bless Israel virtual 5K. We've put together a three-mile path that actually walks you through a route in Israel. You can walk or run at your own pace and in your own time. Join an international community of believers around the world committed to Israel. For more details, go to a Jew and a Gentile discuss.org. Jews often think that end times is a Christian idea. How would a Jew define how the world will end? It's also known in a lot of Jewish thought as the days of the Messiah, foretold by Moses, confirmed by the prophets, who's going to come to redeem Israel. So the idea of last days being equated with the coming of a Messiah is very much a Jewish thought, way before it was a Christian thought. Welcome to A Jew and a Gentile Discuss. I'm your co-host, Carly Berna. And I'm Ezra Benjamin. We're a Jew and a Gentile who both believe in Jesus and believe that there's value in looking at history as well as today's role in the headlines through both a Jewish and a Christian lens. This season is our second season. We're both on YouTube and you can listen to us through your podcast app. So please like us, subscribe, write any reviews that you have. We're just trying to find like-minded people. Um, and one of the things we're going to talk about today is something that is so common right now, Ezra, which is the end times, Right. especially in the midst of the pandemic. It's like, you know, what's happening? Are the end times coming? Every time there's a flood or something happening, you know, people think, is this a sign of the end times? Sure. As we record this, by the way, uh, this morning, actually, Russia just invaded Ukraine. Right. And sometimes people go, well, Russia is, you know, Gog and Magog. It's Russia and Iran. And this is a sign of the end times. And you're, you're right. We, we can quickly go there, especially in times of crisis. Right. Yeah. Right. Yep. So what we probably aren't going to answer today, when are the end times occurring and when is Jesus returning? Um, we are going to talk about this view of a Christian's view of the end times versus a Jewish view of the end times. Um, but before we get to that, as always, we want to let you know about this opportunity uh, that we have for you to partner with us. Um, we've said before, we both work at Jewish Voice and we support Jewish communities around the world in areas you probably have never heard of. Um, we bring them um, physical and humanitarian care and aid, but also share the gospel with them, which is right. the most important thing. Um, and in return for your partnership, we offer our Lost Tribes Coffee, uh, which comes directly from Ethiopia. So if you want more details about that, you can visit our website, a Jew and a Gentile Discuss.org. Um, as well, if you stay tuned to the end of this podcast, there will be a chance for you to win that coffee for free. So go ahead and do that. And let's discuss. Good. So Ezra, you know, if you are a Christian or in the Christian world, you might hear this phrase, eschatology, mm-hmm. which might be something that you're like, okay, that's just a little too it's big. too fancy a word. I don't have a seminary degree. For me, right. You know, right. what is that? Um, so that's technically what we're talking about today, which is eschatology, which I didn't take Greek. I took Hebrew, but I believe that eschatology in the Greek is two words that are last and study. So really it's the look at, you know, the, the end times. So this idea of talking about the end times. So Mm -hmm. if you want to, those listening or watching, you know, use a big word with your friends, you listen to a podcast talking about eschatology today. Bam. I didn't take Greek or Hebrew. (laughs) 
my wife is Israeli, so there's some modern Hebrew, and my grandma used to yell at me in Yiddish sometimes oh, when she was upset. <laughs> so that's my linguistic experience to bring to the table. So I'm going to take your word for it. Good. Yes, eschatology, study of the end times, we're discussing. Yeah. Good. Um, so we probably aren't going to get into, you know, pre-millennial, post-millennial, all of that today. Yeah. Um, but from a Christian perspective, you know, end times is not something that always gets discussed in detail. That's often not, you know, the devotional sure. um, message shared, uh, right. you know, on Sundays at, at church. You know, some churches do go more into that. Just personally from my mm-hmm. Christian non-denominational church experience, there's not a ton going into that. Um I think, you know, we think about Jesus returning, mm-hmm. you know, what what will that look like? When will that be? Um, you know, a lot of thought into Revelation and the idea of multiple wars and, you know, famines and earthquakes and mm-hmm. kind of paying attention to what that is. Some thinking that might be happening now, others thinking, you know, that's, you know, eons from now. Sure. Um, so the Christian thought seems to focus kind of on the New Testament, mm-hmm. Jesus returning, what it says in Revelation. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, from your perspective, which is, of course, you know, the full Bible, Old Testament and New Testament, where do we see end times thought? Right. It's a, it's a good question. And the majority of our Jewish audience listening, I'll say, uh, may say, oh yeah, the end times, that's a Christian idea about Jesus coming back, and there's going to be all these wars, and it's going to be terrible, and the Christians say it's also going to be terrible for the Jewish people, who knows, but it's a Christian idea, right? Judaism is about the history of our people, and the now, and can I have peace with God, and peace with my neighbor, and what's to come? Well, who really knows? That might be a typical Jewish response to the end times, and kind of relegating the topic as a whole to a Christian idea. But there's a concept, and there's a Hebrew term for it that I'll throw out here uh, before we go farther. It's olam haba. So olam in Hebrew is world, okay? Uh, Or it can also, in a way, be a large space, but in the way we're using it here, uh, it's world. And then haba is the thing that's coming. Um, You say baruch haba is how you say welcome in Hebrew, and that means blessed is he who comes. So olam haba is the world that comes. Uh, That's kind of the the cornerstone Jewish concept as we talk about a Jewish understanding of end times, is this idea that there's this world to come when God will set right. You know, we understand in, in, in the Jewish world that the foundations of God's throne, David says, are righteousness and justice. So there's this world to come where our experience will be one of righteousness all around us and all the things that are injustices now in this lifetime being made right, being uh, justice being brought in, light being shed on those things. So the idea of olam haba, the life of the world to come, you know, I'm thinking also, Carly, there's a Jewish prayer book, and sometimes my friends and I will, will still, you know, Jewish believers will still take a Jewish prayer book and do morning prayers, just kind of, it's almost like the evangelical equivalent would be morning devotionals, except in the Jewish community, sometimes you do this in community and you read the same prayers out loud together. And so many of these prayers talk about, you know, the promises of God will be fulfilled, may it be fulfilled, we'll say, now in our days and in the life of the world to come. So you're asking God for two things. Lord, do what you promised today in my lifetime, and would you do it in the lifetime of of those who are coming after me and ultimately in in the world to come? So where does this idea come from, and how do we get to the world to come? How do we arrive at olam haba 
And, and what we have to do actually, and this may be surprising to a lot of our Christian listeners, is the idea of the last days doesn't start with Jesus talking about wars and rumors of wars and looking at fig trees and running off your rooftop and, you know, sheep being separated from goats. It actually starts, Carly, in the first book of the Old Testament. Uh, and one example I'm thinking of here in that first book is uh, Genesis 49 verse 1. Genesis chapter 49, verse 1. I'll pull out my phone here and read it. And this is uh, at the end of Genesis, right? It's the story really of the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And so Jacob now has 12 sons, which become the 12 tribes of Israel. Yaakov in Hebrew is his name. It's, it means heel grabber, deceiver, but he's received this new name from God, Israel, the one who strives with God and prevails, or prince with God is another translation. And it says in Genesis 49.1, Then Yaakov, Jacob, called for his sons and said, Gather yourselves together, and I will tell you what will happen to you, 12 tribes of Israel, in the, and in Hebrew it says, in the acharit hayamim. What does that mean? It means the end of days, but it's an interesting word. The hayamim is just the days. Acharito, Carly, isn't just like, there's another word in Hebrew that just means the end, right? Like it's the end of the movie, sof, S-O-F, the transliteration. But acharit is, it means a predetermined expected end that we can anticipate. So Ezra, what do you mean? What are you talking about? Another verse maybe a lot of our audience knows well, but you don't know the Hebrew is Jeremiah 29 verse 11. Everyone knows that verse. Everyone knows that verse. How could we not? If you don't, read it. Anyway, the verse goes like this. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. And the word there for future is that same Hebrew word, acharit. It just doesn't just mean, you know, kesara, sarah, whatever's going to happen in your life is going to happen, but you'll have a future. It says plans to give you a hope and a certain predetermined expected end. So now Jacob, interestingly, you know, thousand something years before Jesus shows up on the scene and talks about wars and rumors of wars is saying, hey, sons and sons of Israel who become Am Israel, the people of Israel all around the world, he says, gather together, I'm going to tell you what's going to happen in the end of days that are predetermined with an expected outcome that we can, that we can count on. And then he goes on to kind of prophesy over each of his sons and, and give these distinct identities to all the parts of the children of Israel. Now, interestingly, we see again uh, from a Christian lens, right, in the book of Revelation, chapter 7 and 14, it talks about this 144,000 in the day when Jesus returns to rule and reign, and it says, from all the tribes of Israel. So what's interesting here is Jacob saying, here's what's going to happen in the end, and John you know, led in this vision by, by the Spirit of God in the book of Revelation at the other bookend of the Bible is saying, oh, I see those 12 tribes with Jesus and they're operating in the fullness of that identity. Mm -hmm. But Jacob's saying it's going to happen. The end of days are a certain expected end in the life of the Jewish people. Uh, so it's really interesting that we see end of days in Genesis rather than just in New Testament. Yeah, especially because most people think about the last book of the Bible, right. Revelation, and you're talking about the first book of the Bible. You right. would not be thinking that's where end times thought is. Right. Um, something you said earlier was that Jews often think that end times is a Christian idea. Oh, that's like, you know, a thing Christians have created or, or care about. How would a Jew define how the world will end? Yeah, it's, it's a good question, and I'm thinking of, you know, I, while we're on this vein, before I kind of fully answer that question, another place that we see 
the, the idea of the last days or the end times to put more meat on the bone is the book of Daniel. I'm not avoiding your question. I'm getting to it. I just want to kind of get there with a fuller context. Daniel 10, verse 14. Daniel is disturbed, right? He, he has, I don't mean like he's crazy. I mean, he's, he's physically ill over what he's seen. It says, I neither ate nor drank. I, I, you know, I didn't sleep. I was disturbed within me. I was terrified. Well, what is it that he's seeing? And it's important here, as I answer your question about a Jewish understanding of the end days, this is Old Testament stuff. This isn't Jesus' wars and rumors of wars in the New Testament. Daniel's seeing this day, and it says, you know, this this messenger from heaven is coming to, to speak to Daniel in response to his prayer for understanding. Lord, show me what's to come. I understand that the 70 years prophesied by Isaiah and Jeremiah of captivity for our people are about to end. We're coming back to Israel, but sh- give me understanding uh, about what's to come. And it says in Daniel 10, 14, this messenger comes and it says, so I have come to make you understand, Daniel, what will happen to your people, who's Daniel's people? Israel. What will happen to your people in the Acharit Hayamim? And the English translation is, in the latter days, or it sometimes says, in a day yet to come. That's not exactly what it says in the Hebrew. It says, to make you understand what will befall your people, or what will happen to the Jewish people in the Acharit Hayamim, for there is still another vision which will relate to those days. And it goes on, mm-hmm. but the context is, it's not really happy, Carly. There's the, Daniel seeing... Uh, a vision from heaven, you know, as he, led by the Spirit of God, and that this messenger from heaven is also sharing with him, and, and it's what will befall the Jewish people in the end times, or before the last days. In essence, what will befall the Jewish people before we can arrive at Olam Haba, the life of the world to come, and it's not good. Now, I think Jesus speaks to that a little bit too, right? Famine and wars and rumors of wars. And we also see this interesting character called the Antichrist, the Anti-Messiah in the book of Revelation. Paul talks about him a little too. Who is, who is the Antichrist going after? Well, he's going after anyone who won't kind of agree to participate in this system that rejects the existence of a living God and only follows the system the Antichrist sets up. But who are his two primary targets in these last days? Jewish people and followers of Jesus, followers of of the Messiah, Christians. Right. So these two groups come into the crosshairs of this kind of demonic focus for destruction at the end of days, but that's not first a revelation idea. It's a Daniel idea, and it's an Isaiah idea, and a Jeremiah idea, because as much as they were seeing what was about to happen to Israel, they have these periodic visions, like in Daniel 10, of the Acharit Hayamim, the end of days. They're seeing that there's going to be this time of great trouble for Israel, for the Jewish people, before we arrive at the life of the world to come. So, now... To answer your question, finally, with all of that context, how do we get there and what are the end days or what does this olam haba look like? And enter the idea in Jewish thought, a lot of Jewish thought at least, of the Messiah. The life of the world to come or the, 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 uh, the world to come, the end times or what happens after the end times, it's also known in a lot of Jewish thought as the days of the Messiah the days of the anointed one, the days of the Savior promised to our people, foretold by Moses, confirmed by the prophets, who's going to come to redeem Israel. So the idea of last days being equated with the coming of a Messiah is very much a Jewish thought, way before it was a Christian thought. Mm -hmm. So are the Jews thinking that, like, as a believer, we're thinking that Jesus is coming again. Right. The Jews are waiting for him to come for the first time. Yeah, that's the thing. I think... 
we, we can see, and I'll say through the eyes of faith, right? But now, as believers, we can read Isaiah 53, right? Who has believed our report? You know, uh, and the whole, he was bruised for our transgressions and pierced for our iniquities. And we go, oh, it's clearly Jesus who came as the suffering Messiah. But there's two ideas in Hebrew of Messiah. There's a Messiah son of Joseph. Joseph, right, took it, it took him time to arrive at his full destiny and leadership over Israel under the preservation of, leadership over Egypt under the preservation of life in Israel and the nations. Mm -hmm. But he had to go through a ton of suffering. So there's an idea in Jewish thought of the Messiah being a suffering son servant, but there's also this idea of the Messiah, son of David, or the lion of the tribe of Judah, mm -hmm. right? This one who's going to rule and reign and restore uh, the kingship and the leadership to the house of Israel, restore the kingdom of Israel, and the much more popular and focused on idea of the days of the Messiah or end times thought is the Messiah is going to come. He's going to redeem Israel. He's going to cause us to rule and reign with him. The kingdom, the leadership, the power, the authority to live before God will be restored to the people of Israel in the land of Israel, and it's going to be great. And that's not unbiblical. But how do we reconcile that with the idea of the Messiah, a suffering servant? And a lot of rabbinic Jewish thought has tried to kind of explain away the idea of this suffering and say, well, the suffering really applies more to the Jewish people than the idea of the Messiah. And it's this, this difficulty in understanding that perhaps the Messiah had to come as a suffering servant and again as Messiah, son of David, uh, uh, the lion of the tribe of Judah. Mm -hmm. And so therein lies the difference, right? The, the Christian thought acknowledges through the eyes of faith that Jesus came the first time as that suffering servant, as the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. He had to die. It was predestined before the foundations of the world that he would have to die for the, for the sinfulness and the redemption of mankind. And then that he would come again in what Christian thought calls the last days, as the conquering Messiah, the one in a resurrected body to crush his enemies under his feet and to rule and reign from Jerusalem. But for most Jewish people around the world, the idea that the Messiah could or would come twice is, is a foreign idea. Mm -hmm. And so we're, we're still waiting for, for the coming Messiah who will redeem us and restore the kingdom to Israel. And, you know, I'm thinking of the verse after Jesus is resurrected, right before he ascends to be with the Father, right? The disciples say, at this time, Lord, will you restore the kingdom to Israel? Well, what are they saying that? Is that just like their own idea? No. The, they're, they're pulling on a Jewish understanding of the Mashiach, of the Messiah, that when the Messiah comes, the kingdom will be restored to Israel. Mm -hmm. And I think, Carly, like the disciples were probably pretty confused when Jesus went away up in a cloud and didn't restore the kingdom. Yeah. Because, wait, I thought the Messiah, we get it, he had to die, we, under, we have faith in him, you know, uh, he died on the cross, he was resurrected. They were good with that, but it's, and now it's king time. Now it's Messiah, son of David time. Now it's Lion of the tribe of Judah. No, not yet. Why not yet? Because the good news of the Messiah's death and resurrection had to be proclaimed to all the families of the earth because it wasn't only about Israel, it was about all the people on the earth that God wanted to redeem. But it's right. confusing. It was confusing to the disciples, and it's a confusing thought still in Judaism that the Messiah would come and come again. I assume this isn't something that's taught in, you know, like a synagogue on a, a weekly basis. Yeah, you know, we say kind of tongue-in-cheek, 
two Jews, three opinions. You know, you could also yeah. say three Jews, three three Christians, five denominations, but yeah. two Jews, three opinions. The idea of the world to come can be complex, right? It's a little bit nebulous. What is that world going to look like? Well, we can't know. Were the prophets clear? No, they spoke in general terms. Yeah. Who is the Messiah? Who's he going to be like? You know, there's a portion, believe it or not, of the Jewish community that believes that the Messiah had the name Menachem Schneerson. The man, by the way, never came to Israel in his lifetime. He was an ultra-Orthodox rabbi who lived in Brooklyn, and they are waiting for him to resurrect from the dead because he's the Messiah. Because mm. he was a great teacher and a, and a holy man and full of faith, still waiting. He's yeah. been dead more than a few years. But I'm, I'm saying that to say out of fervent desire to usher in the days of the Messiah, people can be led in any number of directions. Yeah. And unfortunately, the majority of the Jewish community has accepted this mantra that Jesus is the God of the Christians, he's not our Messiah, and you can't be Jewish and believe in Jesus, so that's the end of the conversation. Yeah. So in Christians' end times thought, of course, there's this idea of what's going to happen to someone who's a Christian and someone who's not a Christian. Right. From a Jewish perspective, right. do they think, you know, if you're Jewish, mm -hmm. this is what will happen versus if you're not Jewish, or is that really just a Christian thought? Yeah, and, you know, we talk about this in our other episode about the Day of Atonement, Yom Kippur, but there's a thought in Judaism about the idea of a book of life in essence, that God is the righteous judge. And even when somebody in, in the Jewish community passes away, often we, we say, God, you are the righteous judge. And the idea there is this person lived their life before you as best as they could and tried to do what was pleasing to you. You know, we don't have a temple and a sacrificial system anymore, so good works, you know, uh, keeping good relationship with my family and my neighbor, prayer, uh, etc., righteous deeds. But at the end of the day, there's this book of life, and in the life of the world to come, the olam haba, people are either in that book or not. And so I would say uh, part, part of the sadness, knowing who the Messiah is and that he came to make a way for us to know that we know that we know that we're reconciled to God and that our sins are forgiven, mm -hmm. part of the sadness as we consider the, the state of the Jewish community is this general angst about do you really, really know do you know that your name is written in the book of life? Mm -hmm. Well, I pray that it is, and I hope that it is. But do you know? Well, I, I really hope that it is. But so at the end of the day, there's a lack of certainty. For those who don't practice Yom Kippur, who aren't Jewish, do they believe there's a way for them to be written in the book of life? You're talking about people from a Jewish background who would consider themselves secular. I don't know if God exists. I don't believe the Torah is really the word of God. It's a storybook about the Jewish people. Yeah, and what they would think about someone who isn't Jewish. I see. You know, can they be written in the book of life if they're not practicing the Day of Atonement, sure. observing it? Two Jews, three opinions. Yeah. I think an, ob an observant Jewish person would say that God is the righteous judge and that he's also full of mercy and compassion. Uh, what do we mean by that? You know, we see in Zechariah and other places in the Old Testament scriptures, Carly, this day, the days of the Messiah, right? The son of the, the lion of the tribe of Judah ruling and reigning on earth uh, from Jerusalem. And it actually talks about all the nations of the world going up to worship, specifically in the Zechariah passage on Sukkot on the Feast of Tabernacles. So we see glimpses of this idea, you know, and also even in Isaiah. Uh, there's this passage we quote a lot, you know, in our work among Jewish communities and their neighbors around the world, because right. we're not working exclusively with Jewish communities. We're not proclaiming the gospel exclusively to Jewish people. It says it's too small a thing 
that you should become, and it's speaking of the Messiah, speaking to the Messiah, that you should become my servant to redeem and regather the, the, you know, the exiles, to redeem Israel and Judah. I'll also make you a light to the nations so that you should bring my salvation. In Hebrew, salvation is Yeshua, like Yeshua, Jesus, so that you should bring my salvation to the ends of the earth. This famous passage in Isaiah, quoted a lot by the Christian community, but misunderstood perhaps by the Jewish community. But Ezra, what's your point? Wrap it up. My point is we see glimpses in the Old Testament that in the days of the Messiah, in the Olam Haba'ah, after the end of days, Gentiles are somehow recognizing the God of Israel and worshiping him. There's just a real lack of understanding in the Jewish world that the way that's going to happen is because Jesus the Messiah came for the lost sheep of the house of Israel and so that any who call on him should not perish but have everlasting life, whoever believes in him, mm-hmm. uh, John 3.16. So uh, the idea of, of in the days of the Messiah, Gentiles worshiping with Israel, yes, how that happens, widely misunderstood in the mm. Jewish community or just not dealt with at all. So kind of my last question about Jewish end times, do they believe that like the world will end? So if Jesus comes back, does something happen after that? Does the world end? Does everyone go to heaven to some other place that they believe in? Sure. You know, I think you're going to get a a variety of opinion in the Jewish community, and I couldn't possibly in the few minutes we have speak to all, all of those views. I think the idea of, of destruction uh, is much more, you know, or, or so much of what we know about this world is going to end through fire, through earthquakes, is more specifically dealt with in the New Testament than it is in the Old. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's some passages in the Old Testament scriptures, the prophets, where we do see an element of destruction and great trouble before renewal. But I think Jesus uh, and John's revelation, in appropriately called revelation, tell us more of the specifics about that. I think some of that revelation didn't come until after the resurrection of Jesus, mm-hmm. or at least during the ministry of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's taking this this complex idea of the days of the Messiah and the world to come, and he's saying, now let's be real about what it's going to take to get there, because the body of believers has to operate in the fullness of everything God created it to be, and the wickedness of man has to be revealed for everything that it, in fact, is before we can get to the world to come. Right. So I would say it's more specifically dealt with uh, in the New Testament than the Old. Mm-hmm. So for those listening or watching who are believers, would this knowledge about the way Jews think about the end times be helpful when they're talking to their Jewish friends? And how can it be you know, utilize to have a conversation? Yeah. Uh, well, a, a couple thoughts. I think first is, as believers in Jesus, we have a confidence that no matter how bad things get, our names are, in fact, written in the Book of Life, and God continues to be our protector and our preserver and our defender. And even should we lose our lives through whatever tragic life circumstance, or naturally through old age, or through being persecuted and killed during the trouble we see in, you know, it's descriptions of the last days, the end times. For our faith, there is in fact a hereafter. There is an acharit, and that's that we will live in a resurrected body with Jesus forever, and not only live, that we'll rule and reign with him. We have this hope that a lot of the Jewish community doesn't have, and, and, and they can have. 
You know, I quoted it earlier. Jesus said, I haven't come except for the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Jesus desired, the Father's desire in sending Jesus was so that Israel could have the hope that had been lost and understand what their destiny was, and it was to be with God forever as a redeemed people, Mm -hmm. redeemed by the blood of Jesus. Um, So I think sharing that hope and that confidence with a Jewish friend, family member, colleague is important. And also, I want to challenge our Christian listeners, you know, Praise God that you have the confidence that in Jesus you know that there is a hereafter, you're going to be with the Lord you know, in heaven or you know, here physically in resurrected bodies when Jesus comes back to rule and reign. Uh, that could be a whole show on eschatology on its own, but let's just leave it there. I'm happy you have your confidence, but also I would challenge you, go back and look at this acharit. Do a word study maybe if you're into that. Look up acharit hayamim and find out how and where it's used in the prophets, in the Old Testament, in the Torah. And what you're going to see is a time of great trouble for the Jewish people. So I would say in our excitement for the return of Jesus, our Messiah, our Redeemer, the King of Israel, the Lion of the tribe of Judah, also recognize that part of getting there directly involves the Jewish people in this kind of end times demonic plot, some call it a time of Jacob's trouble, to annihilate the Jewish people, to wipe them off the face of the earth, Jesus said, and Satan knows very well, I'll be very direct, that it's going to take Israel saying, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord in Jerusalem to welcome back the King of Kings, to welcome back Jesus to rule and reign in Jerusalem. And Mm -hmm. Satan will do everything he can to prevent that from happening, even unto the annihilation of the Jewish people. So for our Christian audience, in our excitement about the end times, let's not neglect or brush over uh, or, or symbolize rather than taking it at face value that part of those end times, as much as we understand in Revelation, there's persecution of believers in Jesus. There's also massive widespread persecution and, and death we see for Jewish people. Mm-hmm. So in a way, those who are going to be together in the end are believers in Jesus, Christians, Gentile believers, and the Jewish people, uh, God will deliver, but it's not going to be easy. So just a recognition of that. Yeah. I do think that, you know, end times is a topic that people don't often do a word study on, um, you know, when they're looking for some devotional content. But it's important to understand, you know, uh, I would encourage our listeners and viewers to read about it, read Revelation, don't be afraid of it, um, understand the importance of the Jewish people. And we've talked about this before, that they're not just a pawn on a chessboard to get us to the end times, but to understand how, you know, they're part of the whole story and, you know, what it will be like when Jesus comes back and, um, you know, all of the things that will happen. So just get a, a better understanding of what that means um, and don't shy away from it, sure. um, you know, because it might just seem too complex. Exactly. Exactly. That's it. So we hope this podcast was helpful, that you were able to um, learn something, or at least it incites something for you to read more. As I mentioned at the top of the podcast, you can enter for a chance to win our Lost Tribes coffee. You can do that by texting JG to 474747. Uh, you can also go to our website, ajewandagentiledisgust.org. As always, you can watch us on YouTube, uh, hear the rest of our episodes wherever you get your podcasts, follow us on social media. Um, thanks so much for listening to this episode and this season, and we'll see you next week. This show is a production of Jewish Voice Ministries International.